How's your first three weeks getting back into it? It's good. I was I've been here for five weeks actually because I'm on the mock child team. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. How's that going? It's good. It's a lot of work. Is it like debate? It's like debate in the sense that you it's public speaking mm -hmm. and it's like arguing, but it's completely different because it's debate was like st different events and you were literally debating things. Mm -hmm. But this is like mock trial. Like you are a lawyer. Okay. And you are like a lawyer for the defense or the prosecution, and you're like, oh, it's like a real trial, basically. That's cool. Do yeah. you wish high schools had that? High schools do have that. It's just our high school didn't. Uh, oh. Yeah. Was that the thing that was kind of banned, or was that another? That was Hosa. Never mind. Hosa was banned. There was something banned because something happened. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Our school had scandal. Yeah, our school had a lot of a lot, a lot of, of scandal. scandal. <laughs> do you enjoy? I think I know the answer to this. Do you enjoy what you're doing right now with mock trial, or do you enjoy debate more? I enjoy what I'm doing with mock trial because, okay. like, I want to be a lawyer. So right. this is, and it's like, I'm literally learning like the rules of evidence, which you learn when you're a 2L in law school, which is mm -hmm. like cool. But I, I do miss debate. What do you miss about it? It, it was like four years of my life. Like mm -hmm. it's, it shaped exactly who I am as a person. Right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I remember maybe what I saw on various social media platforms uh you were was it stressful for you I hated it it was so stressful so you miss it but you hated yeah. it yeah it's like weird because like uh -huh. I really genuinely it was so stressful and it was just like the people in debate like it's just not it's toxic that's what mm -hmm. it is but it's like if it's four years of your life you do miss yeah. it yeah that's how I feel about Launchpad or Blue Monkey at the same oh, time oh Blue Monkey yeah, yeah. Why did Blue Monkey just like die down? Um, I think we had gotten to a place where like we had moved on without knowing that we had moved on. Mm -hmm. And it's the first year of college, you want to explore things. And I could go on a whole tangent about it, right? It got to a point where it felt like there was just a specific team pulling it forward and didn't feel like a communal thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I also got to a point where for me, at least, I always told myself if, if I ever, like, don't have the enthusiasm or the energy to push something forward that I used to have energy for, yeah. then I'm going to stop doing it. And, again, more than that, it was just we were in a different place, and that's what I think the first year of college does for you. And I was, I kind of started up my own channel, mm -hmm. and I was trying to explore different things. Abrar was doing his own thing. Everybody in the exact team, Diego, was going in more with his music as he is now so again it was a lot of just trying to figure out like if you couldn't justify anymore why this thing exists then it was time to close it down but at the same time i don't look back at it as like a failure at all it wasn't a failure yeah. it was really it was fun like it was yeah. nice yeah i think with every like org or something you're part of like for four years or something that's gonna like come up or there's gonna be issues that come up but this isn't the first time I've heard that about debate, like debate being kind of toxic. It's because of the people, that the type of people that do debate. At least the event that I did, Congress, the mm -hmm. type of people who did it are all like Taipei. They're all like, they're all like me in the sense like they really like to argue and they like most of them wanted to be lawyers, half of them wanted to be president one day. And it was like... <laughs> those type of people all in one room together like mm -hmm. the egos were so high and like right. and it's crazy because like I was one of those people I'm not like saying I wasn't one of those people mm -hmm. but it's really like a lot it's and it was also very like it is the event that I did. it was very sexist in the sense like if you went to a finals round at a national tournament there would be two girls and like 20 boys and mm. so I, I also felt like very like overpowered sometimes because I'm like this tiny little Indian girl mm -hmm. but it's still like it's weird because like I did that stressed me out, but I still loved it. So right. it was like weird. So you, you definitely miss it. Yeah, I do miss it. Did you know about mock trial when you got into college? Because like you kind of hit the ground running. Like you kind of yeah, took off. Yeah, um, I didn't know about it. Okay. So I just like, they followed me on Instagram because they were like trying to recruit people, right? Mm -hmm. And in my, I didn't, like I wasn't going to try out. And then randomly one day I'm like, 
I'll just go to an information session. Mm-hmm. And they told us that the tryout was just like a speech. And I'm like, I can give a speech. Mm-hmm. And then I tried out and then I made the team. And I was like, okay. okay. So, so, you, so uh, you're a good public speaker then, I'm assuming. I mean, would you say so? I would. I don't know. You, you would say so. <laughs> yes. That's a yes. Okay. Because I've seen some people in mock trial and, of course, debate speak. And a lot of it seems formulaic. Mm-hmm. If you if you get what I'm saying, like yeah. a lot of it's very quick. I remember one person from the team that stood up to give a presentation in class, and like he, in in debate, was one of the best, and he just sped through his speech. And it was he wasn't just the only one yeah. from that team who had, I'd seen do that. They would just go through it really fast, but they were really articulate at the same time. Yeah. But There's... for me, at least, I didn't feel like that was the area to be speeding through things. Mm-hmm. You know. It's very, uh, there's different events in debate. Mm-hmm. And I think just though, there's like it's speech and debate. And I think the event that I did was more speech. Like, because okay. actual debate is like what he was doing. Like, you just like mm-hmm. read really fast and you're like, just facts, facts, facts. But then the type of debate I did, which like goes into the whole, like that whole environment that it was, it's like very based on presentation. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you look? How does your voice sound? Like, right. are you funny? Like, things like that. Are you funny? Yeah. They're looking for humor? Yeah, in they're looking for like, because in that specific event, you're giving three minute speeches. Mm-hmm. And so the speeches that you give, like you're trying to appeal to the judges at the end of the day, right? Right. And so it's like, do you put in like a little joke and you're in the beginning mm-hmm. and do you have like good rhetoric? Like, do your words sound good together? And do you have good pauses and things like that? Does that get a little bit cliche though? Like, if I were a judge, right? Because yesterday I was conducting the interviews mm-hmm. and sometimes you see things like a little bit repetitive so if you just shove in humor do you think that would get a little bit like formulaic for them yes yes is that an issue yeah it's an issue it's an issue i think it's gotten to a point where i know congress it's more speech than it is debate but it's gotten to a point where it's just speech and not debate and Mm -hmm. it's like at at the end of the day you are trying to argue something right yeah so you had said like a lot of the people in i'm sorry for specifically talking about debate but we'll Mm -hmm. get to the mock trial also but like you had said in debate a lot of people were uh wanting to run for congress or president is that the right mindset to have because i have an opinion on that too i don't think so okay mm, i think there's just so much that can be said about it but like if you are aiming for clout like if your goal in life is yeah. to get clout you're always going to be chasing clout. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how rich or famous you get, you're going to always want more. And I think your goal shouldn't be that, like this is really cheesy, but your goal should just be like something ideal, like... Ideological. Yeah. Like something like, I just want to be happy. Like I want to achieve like my goals and like be content with what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the people that would actually make good presidents. Yeah. Which is ironic. No, I I agree because... uh, David Axelrod, who was Obama's political analyst mm-hmm. for the longest time, said he's attracted to the people who want to do something rather than be something. Yeah, exactly. And he worked for a campaign where a person was just trying to get somewhere without realizing why. And the reason, of course, pe- people have their opinions on every president, but for him, the reason Obama worked was because he said he was like, he told him, he told Obama that he was the least likely to be president because he didn't like. He wasn't the type of person to really go after it just because he wanted to be something, but more so he wanted this transformational like change. Yeah. And that's, for me, what I'm attracted to. But then again, it's also a little ideological, and sometimes it can be seen as naive. But mm-hmm. do you think that those type of people make good presidents? Because there's also an argument that Obama wasn't as effective because he was, I guess... A good person soft I think being a good person makes you a good leader in general and the reason mm-hmm. why everything is so messed up is because people aren't good people for me at least in my opinion majority of Congress is messed up oh, right yeah. and I, I think it's this is for both sides both mm-hmm. people have agendas how do you filter that out because every generation is like oh we need good people in office and then every every generation that grows old into that office the same thing happens we're like learning about it actually in my sociology class i think people everybody has the intention of doing something good like they want to do something instead of not everybody but like a lot Mm -hmm. of people have that intention but then in order to get to that place where you have the ability to actually do something you have to kind of corrupt yourself like you have to Mm -hmm. do things that you don't necessarily believe in but like you have to do it to get to that point 
where you can do what you want to do. And then once people get to that point, oh, it's too late, your terms run up, you have to reelect, so now you're just focused on like getting reelected. Mm-hmm. And it's like that cycle just continues. Especially if you're in the house. Yeah. Like that's insane. I don't I feel like if you're in the house, a lot of the time your mental space might be taken up by getting reelected. That's all. It's I that's all their like space is taken up like oh i have to appeal to my demographics so i'm not really Mm going to do what i want to do just like what they want okay me to do right do you see yourself going to that space eventually um i really wanted to when i was like in high school i really wanted Mm -hmm. to be in congress now it's like one of those things where if i get that opportunity i will go Mm -hmm. but if i like i'm not going to seek it out i think that's the right attitude actually yeah that's definitely it what about you me? Yeah. Like, do I plan on getting like? Lay, because I know like, you want to be a lawyer. Right. So here's here's my thing on that, and mm-hmm. I haven't told you about this because I'm not pre-law anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Because for the longest time, and again, I guess this is corny, but for the longest time, I wanted to be in a space where I could help people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's corny, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think historically if you look at the past presidents almost every single one of them has been a lawyer right yeah so for me i thought if i want to ever run for something if i ever see myself wanting to be in that space where i could help people then i gotta be a lawyer right that's why i'm doing it yeah but being a lawyer just didn't feel like me you know mm-hmm. it, it just was not it and every time i tried justifying why i want to be a lawyer it just didn't feel right and i I felt like I could apply, actually more so than that, it was, the question I was asking myself was how can I apply what I'm doing to help people, you know? And it's it's game design. But how do you like bridge game design with service? And that's what I was asking myself for the longest time and I knew that if I had the answer that I'd go that way, actually. That if I want to help people then I don't need to necessarily like be a lawyer because a lot of law isn't helping people. It's working for big business and corporate, oh, yeah. right? So I knew I wanted to be in a place where I could apply my creativity. And I'm not saying law doesn't require creativity. It definitely does. But it just didn't seem like a space for me. And I do believe that if you've been in an area and you've dedicated your life to helping people, like I believe Andrew Yang has or Pete Buttigieg ha- has, mm-hmm. two people who don't have law degrees, then... I believe you have the right to run for office. That, that's my take on it. So for me, the area I want to go into is user experience and user interface mm-hmm. work and human-computer interaction and finding a way to have technology boost people. And again, like you said, if I ever get to a place where I can run for something, where I want to run for something, then I will. But my main goal and my main focus is helping people. What about law, like, attracts you, though? Um, I don't know, because everything you said, like, it's true. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very stereotypically, like, a really corrupt thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the, the stigma attached to lawyers are bad. But I just, I want to be a lawyer. I don't know. I don't, I can't see myself doing anything else. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is, other than being a singer. Yeah. But What type of lawyer would you want to be? I don't know. I'm, intern- I'm an international relations major, and mm-hmm. I'm interning at an immigration firm this summer and they deal with like undocumented immigrants and that's like really interesting to me that's what I wanted to do for a long time but it's also like if you go to school for eight years and this sounds a little selfish but like I want to be making more money Mm -hmm. than you know how much debt I'm in or whatever so it's like it's like the conflict between doing something good and like having to make money so and a lot of I think the money lies in the lawyers who are working for corporate, corporate. right? And yeah. I'm not saying that every corporate entity is evil, but mm-hmm. it's just the reality. The reality is that if you want to go into law helping people, you also have to sell for the fact that you're not going to make that much money. But yeah. in the end of the day, you also kind of got to weigh it out, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are examples of people who could have rode into corporate law. I mean, we talk about Obama. He was prime example. Yeah. Someone who could like walked into any corporate law firm he wanted to, but chose to help people. And then you have the other side, and a lot of the time the argument was, and even the 2008 election said come up that Hillary Clinton had gone 
into corporate law first, right? Yeah. But I think it also, like, it's it's a naive take to sit here at age, like, 20, age 19 and mm-hmm. be like, you don't know what your mindset is going to be like when you're 26 or exactly. 25, right? Yeah. And you don't know where you're going to be because the common saying my mom has is in order to help people, you first have to kind of, like... Help yourself. Yeah. 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 Same. Do your my parents say like the same too. thing? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think my, my parents sometimes get frustrated with, like, I guess... How naive it can be. Same. Because they, they know, right? They're mm-hmm. like, they have 30 more years of experience. But not even that. Like They've we're, lived it. Yeah, they've yeah. lived it. They were both, our, our parents were immigrants, mm-hmm. right? They know the shit they got to go through and they had to go through to get to where, I guess, they are. Yeah, but for sure. For you, because I, I talked to you a couple months back and you had said that you wanted to do law because you had wanted to get into politics politics and also helping people is that still a goal see i look at all the people that i know right now like their goal in life is to go into politics Mm -hmm. and i just think to myself they're not doing it for the right reasons like they're doing it for the clout and like which is it's like a funny thing but it's it's like at the end of the day, that's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's or at least that's what it seems like to me. And so that's why I always wanted to go into politics because I genuinely do like have ideas and I want to help people. But it's such like I'm 19. It's such an it is like a naive thing yeah. to say, because when I'm 26 years old and in debt and like maybe I'm gonna get married and stuff, like I'm probably gonna need to make money mm-hmm. instead of like running for some office. Because you need state. money to run for office. Exactly. Also. Yeah. yeah. What issue do you think? The country or maybe the world is like facing the number one issue mm. or it doesn't have to be number one it can be a like a issue that you find is kind of disturbing i don't know what word it is but like self-centerism uh being self-centered yeah like a qual- okay <laughs> being because, <self-centered>. yeah okay <laughs> because i was expecting like something that's actually interesting because for one of our application mm-hmm. questions we had asked them what's like an issue facing the world and of course people chose climate change and religion um, religion yeah but like being self-centered like you're, you're not really that's a very it's, i don't know it's I, vague it's very broad because yeah. it applies to everything how would you approach that i think everybody is everybody like every person is self-centered to an extent that mm-hmm. like they focus only on what they want and that leads to those problems like climate right. change and like the issues with religion and war and all that stuff. Like I think it's all based on being self-centered. Okay. Would you say helping people is also in some fashion being self-centered? Yes. How so? Because if you if you want to help people, you know like you're doing it because it makes you feel good and you mm-hmm. know it's like a good thing to do. And that's self-centered. You want to feel good about what you're doing. You want to feel like a good person. So every person has like yeah. some degree of being self-centered. But do you think it's possible to go beyond that, like for at a, like a spiritual level, maybe that you don't really, you're not doing it to make yourself feel good, but you're genuinely like doing it to help people. Do you think that's possible? Yes, I I think at the end of the day, you can you can argue anything. Somebody mm-hmm. can be the most perfect person in the world, and you'll find something Flaw, to say about sure, them. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like if you're genuinely even if there's like a little bit of like selfishness involved if you're doing it for the right reasons you're doing it for the right reasons mm-hmm. that's true yeah you're enjoying mock trial i'm assuming right yes a lot are you going to be doing it in the next couple of years do you mm-hmm. see yourself being there okay yes. how like demanding is it so demanding yeah that's the one thing i i'm not the biggest fan of mm-hmm. it's a lot how many work. hours are you taking it's like maybe like the non-competitive season, it's like 12 hours a week. Mm. But then the competitive season, it's insane. Okay. Yeah. And how many hours of like classes? Um, I'm taking only 12 hours a semester. Okay. Yeah. Was that to balance out the time for mock trial? Yeah, kind of. Okay. And it's also just like I have a lot of AP credits. So mm. And I want to focus on my GPA, so I don't want to overload with classes. Because I can yeah. graduate very Fast, Are you, you know? a sophomore by credit hours? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had both gone to a school that was very intensive, I could describe. Would you say that too? It was, I think comp- like being competitive is good. I, mm-hmm. I think it's good for you, but there's a certain limit where it's too much. And I think seven likes was too much. 
Yeah, but yeah. But you also say it helped you prepare for college. Yes. Because you kind of walk in, you're like, this is mm-hmm. this is easy. Yeah. Did you do you feel like you got something out of those classes by basically stacking up all those APs? Yes. I don't think I learned anything actually, like from the classes that's like significant. Mm-hmm. But I didn't learn how to manage all of that. Okay. Yeah. I liked. I think my favorite one was psychology. Psychology. Yeah. Why? The teacher was interesting. Also, like I oh. really. She did not like me. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, Um, I feel like psychology is a very important uh, education. I think it's important to learn. I agree. And I think maybe this is a little bit extreme, but I, for the longest time, felt like it should be required because just you learn so much of the way people think, and Mm -hmm. when you see, I think it's the most applicable too because you see like people do exactly what our teacher was talking about. Yeah. Oh shit. I know what you're doing, but I liked it. I don't know about, about you, but... I like the subject. subject. I like psychology, and I, psychology and sociology, they go, like, hand in hand. I think they're both very important. Do you think that, like, school is kind of doing a disservice of not telling you, ev- like, everything that's out there? Because we're taught to think in a very strict form. Like, there's mm-hmm. law, there's engineering, there's CS, there's, a, there's being a doctor. But those occupations can kind of branch out in different things right yeah i think yes if you look at it like from like our perspective they're doing us a disservice because Mm -hmm. there's just so much more but also i understand why they i understand why our school was built like that Mm -hmm. because it's like we're this is very like we're very privileged to be able to say like there's so many things that you can do out there for sure yeah no i agree because people, there are people out there that literally, I have to go to college so I can make money. So I have to get an engineering degree or whatever mm-hmm. and not do what I want to do. I had a, in my first UGS class, it was called Race in the Age of Trump. With Dr. Moore? Yes. I had him for Black Power Movement last semester. Did you like him? I liked him. He's a great speaker. Mm-hmm. Very great speaker. And we were, uh, Friday we have discussion. And I remember... We had to do these polls, and one of my part, two of my partners were talking about, like how their socioeconomic status was lower than a certain um, mm-hmm. income, total income of the parents, and they just like we say that we went to a diverse school, and we did, in terms of it, it's uh, ethnicity that's it, yes, right? and in that way we were we learned a lot, mm-hmm. but I think the narrative that I hated was when people would say oh the only reason this person got into college is because socioeconomically like statistically they're lower and i would hate that because like you had just said we we have the privilege to worry about education to learn new things and to be stressed out about education itself you know and in reality a lot of families and a lot of other students and people don't have that luxury so that was just a takeaway for me, again, that sometimes you really don't know what it's like until you just get out of high school. Yeah. And even even college, like we, we don't know what we don't half know. the things. Like, we're, like, we don't. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. And we, I, I think with us, is like we will never know. Like, we're at that point where, like, no matter how much we do mess up, mm-hmm. we're still going to have, we're going to be fine. Because there's people out there that if they mess up, if they like fail one class whatever then it's over for them mm-hmm. so we are very lucky in that sense yeah. part of that is also and i talked about this earlier every generation every young generation goes in saying oh we're going to transform things we're going to change things right mm-hmm. like the 80s had them I, I was watching the breakfast club like a year ago or two mm-hmm. years ago and one of the principals or the teachers was like yeah this if, if this is the uh if this is the generation that's going to lead us, then we're fucked. And then part of me was like, wait, at this moment, that is the generation that's, that's leading, leading us. us, right? And the, and the same people are saying the same thing about us, right? Yeah. The, like, it's it's weird, but what do you think changes from, like, the mindset? Like, and we don't know, really, again, because we're young, but, mm-hmm. like, the mindset is, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to change things. We have to change things. We have these ultra-liberal ideas. And then things kind of set back into the same thing right would you say so you grow up you grow up okay yeah. that's the answer but also i feel like there have been a lot of 
great liberal movements that we don't acknowledge because we because we all just keep on saying oh the the generation before us or the mm-hmm. the one before that keeps on fucking up right but in my opinion like I mean change has been made a lot of change it's has just been, made. been it's been at a slower pace so people are like nothing's happening but also because everything is so repetitive the fact that change is happening is significant I but think. do you think change has always moved at a slower at like a slow pace yes. Because historically, if you look back at it in like a time frame, it, it feels like it's moving fast. But if like if you were living actually living in that that time period, it was probably Very it slow. felt the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I think the way I think about it is like when we think about like the civil rights movement. You know, like in our heads, that's like that's when just like institutionalized racism stopped. But that's not true. And when, when Obama became president, yeah, people thought racism was it's, solved. It's and all of a sudden people aren't racist anymore. That's not yeah. how it works. So it's like, that's why I'm saying it's slow because like, mm-hmm. sure, like the laws may reflect something, but that doesn't mean people are magically going to be like, oh, you passed a law. So now I'm not going to be racist. Right. Yeah. Do you think Donald Trump or President Trump has, <laughs> sorry, do you think he uh, kind of has given voice to, I mean, do you think he's enabling racism in some sense? Yeah. How so? Um, I don't know. Okay. I think it's what it is, is he is voicing what people are too afraid to say because they know, like, especially when Obama was president, they know, like, that's not going to be okay. Yeah. But, like, he is saying things that are, like, letting people that are racist and sexist and homophobic and all of that, they're, like, taking it and they're running with it. And they're like, well, our president's saying this, so mm-hmm. I can say it too. And mm-hmm. he's he is enabling it, I think, yeah. Right. Do you think he's a racist? No. You know, I don't think he's racist. Really? I think he's classist because i think to him it doesn't matter if you're black white whatever it just matters how much money you have but i think he is classist i don't think he's racist because i believe it was the second debate or the first debate i forget which one Mm -hmm. but it was um andrew yang had stated something about if you have a phd you can basically be fast-tracked through the green card process yeah joe biden was like i agree then i think maybe it was elizabeth warren who called them out about that i feel like any person who really wants to you know be in america if they work hard they'll be an asset like do you give in to the whole argument that biden and yang have set up that if you're like i guess again you have this solid degree and you've got like 10 years of education um do you think that's the way to go and kind of letting people into the country Mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe I spoke too soon on the whole classist thing. I think because he is classist, he is also kind of racist. Because if mm-hmm. you think about it, like everyone's like, oh, in America, if you work hard, you study hard, get a degree, you're going to be successful. But there are people here that work harder than so many others, and they're still stuck in that same spot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, to a certain degree, they're right. Like, getting a PhD. Like, I think being more educated, it just it comes across as better but like it stops it's just like it's a very case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. that makes sense how would you see kind of the government solving that then if people are again working really hard maybe harder than a lot of other people but are still stuck in the same place do you think government is solely that is the answer to that Mm, no it's people like the government can pass as many laws as they want Mm-hmm. I mean, we are capitalists, yes. but like <laughs> the government can pass as many laws as they want. It's people. Like, just like I was saying about the, you can make racism illegal. You're not going to stop being racist. It's mm-hmm. like the same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You were a Bernie stan for a long Were you? No. <laughs> okay, because when he when he launched, or when he said like he was running again, something on Twitter or something happened. Oh, I was a Bernie stan for like two days. Like yeah. I did. I think I did post something on Snapchat, actually. Okay, why? I don't know. Free college? Yeah, it was just like, in that in that moment, I was just like, yeah, Bernie, but I'm not a Bernie. I, I wouldn't vote for him. Who, who, you can vote, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who are you kind of supporting right now? I don't know. I was... I, pro- I think I have to read more into it, because mm-hmm. I'm very only surface-level educated right now, but... I was leaning towards Warren. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. I like Warren and uh I liked 
Buttigieg, I'd say I still like him. It just feels like he's playing the game a little bit too well. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of, I don't know. And then I like Yang, but he's, as of now, not really. I like Yang too, but... Getting anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's just mainly, mainly because he has a younger demographic of people supporting him. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I appreciate the way, like... I appreciate the way he carries himself. Because he doesn't seem like a phony politician or a cookie cutter uh that's what i like yeah. i like it when you're like just a person but he's also like intelligent yeah because you also have people like george w bush and donald trump who are who seem like the everyday man i don't know why donald trump seems like seems like an everyday man but uh, yeah i don't think he's an everyday but man. <laughs> people see them as like one of them because he stumbles he messes mm-hmm. up right so yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see. Me, me too. Do you think people kind of overreacted, though, when he got elected? When he got elected, maybe they overreacted. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, now, people are not overreacting. He is. I think he's not a good president. Okay. Yeah. Because I was talking to my uh, one of my friends about who he'd support, and he said if it came out of Bernie or Trump, he's not sure. Actually, if it came out to Bernie or Trump, it's Bernie. It's Bernie. Me. Yeah. Why? I mean, because he sees uh, them as both extremes of their party. I agree. You agree with that? But I like they both are definitely extremes, mm-hmm. and neither works for America. I think. Mm-hmm. But Trump is just like he's enabling, just like he's enabling hate, and I think like like disregard the economy, whatever, like just like that idea, like he's enabling people to be mean yeah he's also petty yeah did you see what happened when he got recused yeah he brought in a newspaper yeah yeah i was like what the he's hell he's so petty he's oh. so weird i feel like no one likes working with him no one in in the white house I almost hate working with everyone him. i feel like hates working his chief of staff just hearing his voice i'd be like i i feel like it gets to a point where it's a uh, game with him and the staffers kind of filter out what we should say what we shouldn't say because he'll latch onto something that's very minute. That's what I feel like it is. I will say he's a good businessman. How so? He is. He does. I mean, at the end of the day, he is playing the game, mm. and he's. I think he's like in his head, he's winning. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's he's doing well. How did you feel about Pelosi ripping up the speech? It was a bit. It was a it was a thing. It was it was a bit much for yeah. her. I mean, I okay. I have this. I think this is a very like. Just in general, not a popular opinion. But I think when it comes to politics, everybody should just keep a sense of decorum. Mm. Like, I, I think if your opponent has stooped to a level, you shouldn't stoop to that same level. I agree, because he refused to shake her hand. Yeah. yeah. Like, you shouldn't be the one that's like, oh, you refused to shake my hand, now I'm not going to talk to you. Or, you know, speech. yeah. Like, I think you should keep that sense of decorum. It's. It's easy to say that, but imagine having to work with him. Oh, like, yeah. It's so week. easy to say it. And then seeing him every day and just getting pissed off. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> he's... Because I don't know if he's a tool or if he's, like, just working with this... I don't know what it is because he he does make a lot of the decisions based off of what he promised in the campaign, in a sense. That's true. Because I still think he, in terms of um, his appeal he's because of him and the regulations he's mm-hmm. put a lot of factories have been shutting down a lot of farms have been closing and a lot of people have been losing their homes but in some sense he still i think is he knows how to play his base that's it yeah he knows how to play his base and that's why in some sense i'd like to say he's remotely intelligent in he's that area. very intelligent. Yeah. He's very smart. Like he's socially, he's horrible at like social skills. Like he can't. I can't with me. But like he's smart. Like he's, he's definitely very smart. It's like he would be like if just his, if his policies were like opposite, he would be amazing for us. Like mm-hmm. if you think about it. Cause, like what do you mean by opposite? Like if he was what he is, maybe mm-hmm. not as annoying. But if he was what he is, but instead of being like such a hardcore, like just horrible person. Instead, he like he wasn't racist, he wasn't sexist, he wasn't all of that, and he had like good policies. Like that's. But that's your ideal president, though, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're saying if you use intelligence for good, mm-hmm. he'd be very effective. Yeah. Okay. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 
because then that point you're thinking about like oh the the hypothetical great president right mm-hmm. and for me i think the most effective president is bill clinton i i think so Why? he just knew how to get he knew how to play the game and he knew how to push legislation forward and although he really and i was talking to uh, um my my friend who's a republican and he's a very uh, he's a, he's a libertarian mm-hmm. yeah and he said he agrees if the whole Lewinsky scandal wouldn't have happened, he would be one of He would go down as one of the best one of the best presidents yeah. that both parties love. I think and I think everyone in some sense plays the game of again, like you said before, standing for some things that they don't stand for. And I think Trump is in some sense doing that. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's kinda it's kinda shady, but that's what politics is. Politics I mean politics is inherently just yeah, and shit. Shit. Yes. Agreed. Now, uh, I kind of want to get into this because I don't know if you're doing it anymore, but are you still singing? I am still singing. It's just, I think I got more realistic with it. Because I, I started, like, when I was younger, I really, I remember when I was younger, I genuinely was like, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, in my head, I know one day I'm going to be Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. But She had a documentary come out, too. Yeah. You see yeah. it? I didn't see oh, it. It's really good. I want to watch it, yeah. yeah. And so did Justin Bieber. But that was recently? YouTube thing, yeah. Like a documentary, something like that. I wonder what's going on with him. I don't know. Interesting. I still root for him and Selena, but whatever. That, is he he's still... He's married. Married, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll say it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. The singing thing. I love singing, and it's one of those things where I think I just ha- have to be really realistic in the sense that, like, if you think about the chances of me, a little Indian girl like becoming a famous singer in america it's Mm -hmm. not high and i at the end of the day i don't want to spend my whole life dedicating myself to this one thing that probably won't happen when Mm -hmm. for sure if i go to law school get a law degree blah 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 it'll for sure that career will happen and you're doing something you still yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie it does make me sad though because i i mean i'm definitely still continuing singing it's just I wish it was different. Like, I wish I wasn't so focused on, like, the realism of it. Yeah. But you also have to be practical, right? Yeah. But then again, I think talent would kind of... Yeah, I agree, I agree. I don't think it's so much about the fact that I'm, like, a little Indian girl. I think it's just the fact that, like, my chances are not high. Why why, why do you think so, though? I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, maybe I'm just, like, overthinking. Because you were... You were good. Like, I'm not gonna lie. You were actually pretty good. Thanks. But you just thought reality has to kick in and you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not done. I'm okay. definitely not done. I think maybe this year, because freshman year is just so much, mm-hmm. I like didn't do it as much. But I'm not done for sure. And wait till you get to next year. Sophomore yeah, year. I know. It's only gonna up. get worse. Yeah. But I'm not done. It's just I have to also focus on school. Next year, I'm taking. I have to take a language for my major, so mm-hmm. I'm taking Hindi for Hindi speakers. And it's five days a week, and it's like a five-hour five class, class yeah. or a six-hour class. So I'm not excited for that part of it. I was going to take Hindi, but... You should. It'd be so fun. But I was going to, but I had to take Spanish because I, I had to have a six-credit language. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Hindi's not six-credit. That's another thing I just don't get because... It's five, right? It's five, yeah. yeah. And... It just—it's a very common language. I wanted to take Hindi because I don't understand it, right? What do you speak? At Marathi. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's some there's similarities, similarities, but yeah. I'm still reading the subtitles for Hindi films, <laughs> like from Marathi films. It's great because I feel like I don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. But Hindi films, I just wanna—I want to I wanna be able to go to India and not have my grandma be my translator. That's—that's <laughs> that's what it is. Oh. Because <laughs> that happened the last time I went. For me, because, like, we we speak Hindi, mm-hmm. and, like, we're, like, North Indian, but, like, my family, like, lives in Hyderabad, and everybody there speaks Telugu. How'd y'all It's like, south? you know how our parents moved here, and then we were born here? Like, my parents' parents moved to Hyderabad, and they were born there. It's like that. Oh. Oh, sense. no, okay, I get that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I thought you said your, like, family just completely migrated so after okay yeah does that make sense yeah Yeah. so it's like that and so when i'm there we we live in like a hindi speaking part of hyderabad but the Mm -hmm. second you walk out i don't know what 
the fuck is happening because they're mm-hmm. all speaking Telugu. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was when did you start like doing the? Um, I think I know actually, but when did you start releasing your um, releasing your work on like some professional level? Release my work. like like for everybody to hear or oh, listen to. Because I also know you had a YouTube channel, right? Oh well, then yeah, I guess it was then when I was like. 13 years old I had okay. a YouTube channel it was I don't look good <laughs> but um yeah I made YouTube videos and I was like 13 mm-hmm. did people watch them people did like 200 <laughs> that's still a good amount though like yeah were you shy like no I've, n- I've never been shy about that stuff like I've been shy about like like I'm not shy about like presenting things like public speaking or singing or anything mm-hmm. but I, I get shy about like if you're testing my knowledge about stuff I'm dumb. <laughs> so I get shy. Okay. No, I get more, for me. It's I get shy if I put myself on YouTube. I did in the beginning. Now I don't mm-hmm. because now it's like everywhere. But in the beginning, I did because my stuff was shit in the beginning. I'm not gonna lie. I think as any creative, I've seen some of your stuff. It wasn't shit. It was just like it was what's it raw. Called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very very raw, and then we deleted a lot of it. <laughs> I should delete my YouTube channel. <laughs> no, you don't do that actually, because I regret it. Really? I regret deleting all. I deleted this one reaction video that had like mm-hmm. ten thousand views. Really? Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't have. Yeah, so I'm saying don't mm-hmm. don't delete it because then you could like show your kids and be like, look at that. How ugly I was. <laughs> I think don't take. I think you look the same. I'm not saying you. <gasps> no, no, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm not saying you're ugly. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay, explain, yeah. please. I'm just saying. You, like I look. So the, you're saying I'm ugly? No, I'm not. I'm saying oh, that. If, okay. Okay, I'm saying that if I shaved, right, mm-hmm. I look the same that I looked like when I was 12. My feelings are hurt. So I'm not. No, I'm not saying you're ugly. I'm just saying that everybody heard it. Neil thinks I'm ugly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like people, some people look different. Some people. I think I'm digging myself into a hole. Right yeah, now. I think I that's think what's so. happening. Yes, but. That's why I grow up my beard so I don't look like I'm 12. Oh. Yeah, because I do. You've seen it without... You've seen like... I have. You don't yeah. look 12. I look 13. I look 14. A 14, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of kind of like the beard though. I like the beard. I like beards in general. Really? Which is an, I know it's like most people mm-hmm. like not beards, but I like beards. I think the more the better. I like just like hair so and beards I, and all that. So I if like, I grew it like an inch... Maybe not that long. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I want to talk about... Blue monkey. I, I call it blue monkey. Like we changed the launch pad. I, I always called it. Blue I guess monkey. it looks launch pad looks better yeah. on resumes. I don't know, but I think blue monkey is creative. Really? Yeah, I like you that know, name. You know, I came up with the name. Mm-hmm. I was literally just. It was, it was a. Wait, first of all, when did you hear of it? Like tenth grade, maybe. And when I was in tenth grade, so you were. Oh, so, maybe I was eleventh grade. No, I was in tenth grade. So I was a junior. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice like how like I thought we were just kind of doing our thing. I didn't notice like mm-hmm. people were like watching our shit i was, liked the name blue monkey you liked it i didn't like when you guys changed it to launchpad <laughs> i still like i remember when i was applying to college mm-hmm. i was like, i put that on my resume i don't know why because i did one thing but i put it on my resume and i put blue monkey even though it was launchpad yeah. yeah we uh i don't know i just the name kind of anyways i was i was sitting on like mm-hmm. I, I was in 10th grade and the idea was to create a like a production team where like people can get together and like yeah put art up that they enjoy and at first with the production team of course we were making films and then we branched out but I, I kind of needed something creative because my inspiration was Bad Robot which is like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek mm-hmm. a lot of those films Mission Impossible that's that company so I need something like that and I was literally just sitting on my bed and I looked over and saw like a blue monkey hanging on my bed which I think I believe that that monkey is still there oh the monkeys that are like that yeah exactly yeah. like they're kind of just hanging really loose and that was it. <laughs> I was like, blue oh, monkey. blue monkey. My mother was like, okay, just make sure that's not copyrighted and then you're good. It was, it was very hard to say in conversation. That was a problem. You know? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like if someone asks you, like, it oh. It is silly. Like, what do you do? What's your extracurriculars? And I'm like. I'm in blue monkey. <laughs> exactly. And then now that I look back at it again, I say blue monkey. You got into it through Abrar, right? Yes. How did you meet Abrar, actually? I don't know. Stats. Stats. 
he also has this tendency just to, and you, you know, he just goes up to people and just asks stuff. And he's he's very ballsy. He just that's true. Puts it out there. Not his balls. Not his balls. Not his balls. <laughs> but he puts himself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know. I really respect that. I remember. I think did Ben produce for you first, or was it Joel? It was Ben. It was the Sam Smith thing. We were kind of like I remember you went five times. Like you redid it five times in like a broad hour sitting outside. And we're like, I was just like, oh my god, he thinks I suck. Because my voice kept cracking. Who thinks you suck? No, Ben. I ben? was like, he probably thinks I'm so he bad. He did. He did. And he thought you were good. Are you making more music, though? Are you like, do you have any... Because yeah. I know you are. Yeah, okay. but I I mean, I don't know how to record that well. How'd you... You did one by yourself. I did one by myself, yeah. which it turned out fine, actually. I think it turned out well. Yeah, so maybe I could do it on my own. I think this summer, that's just what I'm going to do. Did you... uh? You mixed it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. When did you learn? How did you learn to do that? Because like it sounded pretty decent. Self-taught. You self-taught yourself, but like it takes. It doesn't. I don't know. It's not that easy. To, like, I just pick it up. kept messing around with uh, what's it called that software? I forgot the name, but I kept messing around with it. And I just. I think what happens like when you need to do something, you'll figure out a way to do it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe Bryant had talked about passion, right? And if mm-hmm. you find passion at a young age, then you're. Um, not lucky but in a sense like kind of enables you for you what was kind of like that one driving thing what is that one driving thing? oh it's always been singing like ever since i was little that's all i've been doing and i think people like see like oh she's so into like law and public speaking but it's really like singing was just public like just performance and that's mm-hmm. exactly what debate was that's exactly what mock trial is. you too, right? Yeah, it's like, it's really like the same in the sense you're just performing. I just like talking. I really mm-hmm. just like saying things in front of people. I do too. Yeah. I, yeah. You and I are very similar that way. Yeah. Did you, how, how did you get those performances? Because sometimes I just see you on a stage or like an Instagram post or like a Snapchat or like an Instagram story mm-hmm. and like, oh shit, she's, she's doing that. Were those like live events or, I mean, there were live events, but... How did you get those like gigs? Um, in high school, there was something called the Musicians Club. And oh, it, like, I remember. It yeah. died, but okay. I like kind of tried to re-liven it up. I think it's dead right now. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know about it. Like I do, did know about it, but like, did, yeah. but, but like, how did you perform though? Because I remember there was this one time where I forget one pic, what, what picture it is, but it's like you was holding. Oh, my Instagram. Mu- that was I did a. I did a beauty pageant. Okay. Um, it was like an Indian beauty pageant and I just did it for like, it was just like my mom's friend it was just like, you want to do it? And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like a talent based pageant. So that's what it was. That was a national one. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was fun. It was very corrupt. Indian people are corrupt. Really? I'll tell you that. Like the national tournament, uh, not tournament, like the national competition, I went to the, it and it was like the winner, like her parents gave them money to make her win. Wait a second, hold on. Yeah, it was like we were in Mumbai. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoa. You said your passion is singing, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew you through singing, but the most I see like what you're doing is through mock trial. And you said most people don't know you for, or wouldn't say that you're not aware of your, that your passion is singing, right? Yes. Um, I think if you're like close to me, you know that I mm-hmm. like you that would be something that you used to define me as but I think just on the surface no people don't know. okay yeah I feel like there's a lot of things people don't know about people based on the surface which yeah. is like a very obvious basic yeah. thing to say but I like I also get that mm-hmm. a lot because a lot of the times people want you to fit this specific narrative mm-hmm. and if you don't fit it then they're guess disappointed would you, would you say that you enjoy Actually, more than that, would you say you miss singing? Like, you said you did, but, like, what about it do you miss? Um, it's not that I miss it, because I'm, like, I'm still singing. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, now I'm not, like, a part of anything. Like, high school, I was a part of something where I sang all throughout, like, my childhood. I was, like, singing lessons, all that stuff. So I missed that part of it, but I missed, like, the fact that I, like, performing in front of people. Mm-hmm. Like, because now I don't have, like, scheduled, like, recitals or shows or anything. I do miss that. And I mm. want to do that thing where, like, you know in Austin, like, in, like, the clubs, they have, like, live performances. Yeah. I don't know how to get, like, gigs. Like, I don't know how to, like, ask them, like, hey, are you looking for a singer? Honestly, you can just go. I think I just have to ask them. Ask them. Yeah. yeah. Just go for it, dude. I'm just too scared sometimes. 
Uh, no, it's, it could be intimidating. Yeah. Have you been to the co-op parties? Mm-mm. Yeah, don't go. Those are trash. But really? They're a good place to perform, though. But they, their music is more like for people who are under the influence and kind of going off, right? <laughs> and you don't like, people don't know what they're listening to. Just like hard rock or hard metal, or sometimes really like pop seventies music. Oh, yeah, I like pop seventies music. I, I fuck with it too. But yeah, you could like. There are a lot of places in Austin, like coffee stores. I know, like, there's so many. This is like a music city. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm scared. Yeah, no, it's it's tough putting yourself yeah. out there. Like, the first time you made the YouTube video, were you scared? No, because that's like, um, just that's just like on the internet. But mm-hmm. like in real life, because that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm scared like in real life to like talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. That why why is that? I don't know. Because like I can like perform in front of people easily, but like just like speaking to them and like asking them for stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I get nervous. Whenever you're asking for a favor a little bit, yeah. it's difficult. I, w- I wanted to ask, how much of like, influence does your family have on like singing and getting into the stuff that you want to do? Oh, they influence everything. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like, I'm very a uh, family person. Like, you've probably seen my cousin on my Snapchat a b- bazillion times, the baby. You, that's your cousin? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, they, they're very important. Like every, I think for like my family's that thing, like if they say don't do something, I won't do it. Or if they're like, do this, I'll do it. Like, they're very, they can, they have... Influence. Yeah, strong influence. I'm kind me. of the opposite. Really? It's yeah. more that, and my mom straight up told my dad one time, like, don't tell him to do this, because he'll probably do it by himself. But if you tell him to do it, he's going to gonna think about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably not do it. Yeah. That's how I function. But... I was like that. But then I just, I, I've been getting closer to my parents mm-hmm. recently. Do you think it's the distance? They got divorced in like 2016 or 2017, and then since then I've only been getting closer. I think it's the fact that now they're separate, so I can mm-hmm. t- I have like individualized relationships with both. I think okay. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're in the house for like 18 years, right? For you get for, annoyed. Yeah, because you're living with pe- these people for yeah. a very long time, but. I don't know. I love my family, and people are always going to have, like, some internal issue, right, in their family. But at the end of the day, your family is your family, exactly. right? All right. Thank you for doing this, by the way. This was You're very... welcome. <laughs> 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 very fun. Mm-hmm.